the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. And welcome to another episode of Minnesota Football Show. Uh, we've got kind of a full house here dealing with some tech difficulties, but uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Bridget McDowell. I've got Eric Silva Brenneman here. Uh, Rodrigo should be joining us shortly. He'll be back. What's going on? Oh, you know, enjoying the the lovely weekend. It's a really nice weather here in the Twin Cities. It is. Um, yeah, fully. Well, I shouldn't say fully. I don't want to jump too too far ahead, but eighty to ninety percent recovered on the wrist. It's been nice just to like nice. get back to more routine things. Like, obviously, I've been playing for a couple weeks already, but been biking this week with the nice. splint just for just for a little extra protection, you yeah, know, in case. But uh, that that's been feeling really good, and uh, doing the car share thing, which which Woo-hoo. we were talking about before we started. Yeah, it's, the EVs are pretty cool and they're pretty easy. And like like the only thing that's a little difficult is you kind of gotta gotta chase them down in a limited time. And you know if you, if you plan your life one, in fifteen minute increments. And- exactly, exactly right. You leave it at one spot, and there's a it's like a coin toss whether it's going to be there when you're done <laughs> doing whatever you're going to do. And yeah, then you got to run around. But they're really sweet. Like I, th- that's actually the first full full electric that I've driven, and man, the Chevy Volts are smooth, and they've got some yeah, serious like serious acceleration, like way more than my Prius. I was kind of surprised. Like really, yeah, yeah. The first one that I was in, I was like, you know, I, I was kind of Prius style. Gave it a little, and whoosh, the RPM kicked. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I see what's going on. <laughs> Your Prius is old, sir. Well, a little. Yeah, there's that. How about you, Bridget? And Rodrigo, I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you go first, Bridget. All right, I I got a new car, uh, not not electric, unfortunately, but um, yeah, finally traded in the the rusty old Chevy with the wiring and computer issues, and uh, it's being chopped up for parts as we speak. Uh, really? So you, you yeah. sent it to like a like a junkyard recycler or something? Uh, well, I traded it in at the dealership. But they mm-hmm. were just going to put it right on a truck and send it right out to auction because there's too much body damage on it for them to really do much with it. So okay. the engine's still good. They'll pull that out and then, you know, take some random bits and pieces. So, so what, did you, what did you get, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 2018 RAV4. Oh, nice. So midsize SUV. Yeah. No, um, but we're interested in a hybrid version of that. I've been looking. Yeah, they... I know the hybrids are nice. The fi- I was talking to the financing guy about it as we were waiting for the bank to come through and all that stuff. And um, he's been driving Rad Fours for like ten years and just got the new hybrid version. Um, and he said those should. He said I'll see you back here in like ten years to trade in yes. this one so that you can get go all electric. I was like, yeah, deal. Sounds good. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, they we keep heard their, the backlog is like value. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and even even the 
the regular like gas ones backlog is yep. off right now. All of the inventory that's coming in is already spoken for. So um, yeah, it's going to be nuts for a while, but yeah, he said like with Toyota, it's going to be about 10 years before they're like fully onboarded. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been nice. It's weird. Uh, push button start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have a key. It just has a remote. <laughs> yep. Freaks me out a little bit, but welcome uh, to the club. Yeah, but it's it accelerates nicely. It's got some big ass new tires on it, and yep. kind of looking forward to driving this winter. So once you get used to that, what's funny is if you ever have to like rent a car, which you probably will at some point, you get so used to the automatic key thing, just just reading your key and like never having to like actually put a key yeah. in the door. That like I get I get rental cars and I just sit there going, why won't it open? And then somebody be like. Usually my wife will be like, you know, not a Toyota. You have to put the key in the turn. <laughs> oh, right. Like we all oh, yeah. did like 10, 15 years ago. That's right. <laughs> it was funny because I, with the, the Malibu, I had a key. And when I, when I bought it, they only had the one key. They did find me a spare, but no remote, no nothing. And then he hands me this thing and he's like, all right, go take a test drive. And I'm looking at the key and I'm like, <laughs> but what? like how i was i pressed the button and i turned it on but it won't like go into drive and he's like oh yeah you gotta press the brake pedal and then press the button again and then the engine will turn on and then you can pull out and drive like what the fuck man (laughs) what is he's like you've never done this before i was like i handed you a key yeah yeah. car like you know you saw my car toyota life you know where i'm at here yeah, it's it's really nice. I did figure out the other day that the remote does not work if it's in the same pocket as my wallet. Oh, interesting. So apparently my credit card messes it up, I guess. Huh. Haven't yeah. had that issue. Interesting. You're, I see your lips moving, Rodrigo. Can't hear you. <laughs> are you out, Rodrigo? We haven't we haven't tech issues again, or can are you give us a check? All right, well, well, we'll we'll keep moving and see if he can figure out his his situation over there. Um, Bridget, why don't we start with some NWSL? And th- this picks up from what we were talking about last week with the wave and the San Diego situation, and one of the many many this week in racism hits. This one was the just kind of ultra nationalist response from uh, one of the women in the stands over the anthem and the flag and whatever. I'll I'll let you take it from there. Um, the team responded in pretty good way yeah it's a pretty decent response from san diego um part of their statement reads the club investigated the incident with the support of snapdragon stadium the nwsl and angel city fc follow-up interviews were conducted with witnesses to the incident uh interesting part of this statement though although witnesses did not corroborate the use of offensive racial language they did support the report of threatening and physical behavior Uh, This fan was issued a warning um, by security at halftime, but continued and behavior escalated. Uh, They did give her a lifetime ban, um, which is a solid response. And I think more than we probably expected out of them. Um, The negative here is that they gave her a simple warning at halftime and didn't actually... uh, um, you know, they didn't enforce anything 
there in the stands on game day. Uh, and that's rightly angering quite a few NWSL fans. Um, so, I mean, it's half the statement's really good. The other half is kind of, okay, really? <laughs> we should be past this point. Right. Um, but yeah, she, she did get a lifetime ban. So they are not, um, they are at least setting a tone of no tolerance. Um, well, let's take a look at, we'll do NWSL, uh, a little recap into the present situation here. So last week where we left things off, um, you had Portland actually in number one with 38 points, the rain at number two with 37 KC with 36 San Diego with 35. They were all clinched and locked up. Uh, Houston at 33, North Carolina at 31, and then that's where the line breaks, and then it goes from Chicago, um, L.A., et cetera. Well, as of yesterday, there was, a, there was some pretty significant movement here. Uh, Portland and Gotham actually tie 3-3. Uh, this is the big narrative, I suppose. And the Rain have a pretty big win, 3-0 over Orlando. So they're able to jump Portland Thorns and win the Shield. So rain number one with 40, Portland 39, uh, San Diego stay put at third with 36, Houston at 36, also goal differential there, and Kansas City, they're all 36. Uh, then, then Courage also lock in that sixth spot at 32. Again, kind of the biggest movement there from, like we were talking about last week, they've been out of it most of the season and just barely got in at the last minute. But uh, congrats to the rain, pretty cool. Um, where else? Let's see. I think that's all I got for NWSL, unless there's anything, Bridget, that you want to hit, or maybe, I don't, I don't know if Rodrigo is, <laughs> is vocal yet. Test, test. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't nope. sound like it. No, it's, we'll keep... it's good to see, it's good. good to see the rain, uh, continuing that run through the season. And, um, I think it's, they're one of the favorites. It's not one that you're going to count out at all um tight race at the top though which is always fun to see indeed well to some minnesota united there was a match yesterday so i've heard bridget <laughs> or <laughs> was actually, there yeah it kind of works <laughs> out because i think neither, neither rodrigo nor i really watched this thing i i literally I, I had stuff going on with the family and got home and Remember, oh, yeah, that thing's going on. I turned it on, like, at the 50th minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> that, is the, that is the correct response to snicker and laugh. Because <laughs> 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 the 51st minute, uh, there was an immediate goal uh, by San Diego. Did, did, they, did they credit Salinas San on this? Or did, they call it, or did they call it a – oh, sorry. Thank you. San Jose. Um, did they call it for Salinas or did they call it a Reynoso own goal? Uh, technically, a Reynoso own goal. Um, okay. I think they initially in the stadium, it was credited to Salinas because he had just announced his retirement. This was his final start mm -hmm. um, for the Quakes at home. Uh, so it was a celebration for him. Um, actually, I haven't even, I haven't looked at the MLS stat sheet yet to see how they logged that finally, mm -hmm. but that's all right. Um, 
but yeah, it, it did come off of Reynoso was in the wall and it did yep. uh, glance off of his leg. Um, what, what was amazing is like watching that in, in the slow-mo replay. Cause he tries to, he tries to do like the, he said he takes a step to try and block it with the, with his one, like his right leg to kick it out yep. and it, and it bonks off of his planted left leg. Just yeah. <laughs> kind of wild. And you can see him glance down and look like, oh, come on. And yep. it just, yeah, it just goes right past. And Dane would have, if he hadn't done that, Dane yes. was there to make the save. But yes, he um, was. yeah, that, that changed direction a little bit. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the first half, I think the stats were like five shots for San Jose to one shot for the loons. Um, a lot of time camped out in the 18 on, on both sides. Um, but nobody wants to shoot. It's, we're still talking about Amaria and Fraga and Ray and even Garcia just, you know, trying to lay the ball off in the 18 instead of taking a shot. And every single time it was a turnover and everyone mm. is still surprised that that's a turnover. <laughs> um, so first half, not, not great at all, but San Jose also was not great. If they had been better, it could have been like four zero at halftime. If either of these teams could have shot something. Um, Yikes. But yeah, the, the Selena goal and then um, with the second one, Kikon. Yeah, yeah, he did. And then I would, I've been out of this. Like I, I literally turned it on and went back to, back to studying because apparently reading yeah. a textbook is more entertaining <laughs> and uh, better Certainly for mental more health. Productive. That's right. Um, than watching the match. So anyway, tell me about the second one, please. Uh, they, they were working that back line. Uh, it was, it was, Taylor, Boxy, Coleman, and Lawrence again. Lawrence and um, Taylor doing their end-to-end runs, you know, trying to help the midfield a bit. Um, Coleman gets beat. And in the first half, he had quite a few really good stops. Um, the Loons midfield was not great. Too many balls going through them without much uh, interference. Um, and... They found a way to find those spaces. I think Brent had caught him offside a couple times. Uh, and this one, he just got right behind him and took the shot and in. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those goals that you would expect them to score on. Uh, and it just sucked because Minnesota really didn't do a whole lot to prevent it. We're trying. We're trying, Rodrigo. We'll, we'll get him in here at some point. He's, he's working on the technical difficulties over there. Um, yeah, th- this is rough. Like, they desperately needed this one and now really, really need the next one, um, you know, to lose to one, potentially two teams that, that aren't even in the run. We talked about this last week, though. Like, these, these it, it's sometimes uh, scary to face teams that have nothing to lose that are just going to play spoiler. And that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, and they. Here. I mean, they they had Luchi Gonzalez sitting in the stands watching this game and, you know, planning out his squad for next year. So these guys are playing for their contracts and um, 
lot of them made a very solid case for themselves last night. Sure did. Uh, you know, you got you have Salinas, some of the older guys going out, and then a bunch of these these young guys who are looking to make an impression and and stick around. Um, Cade Cal came in late. He looked pretty good. Um, uh, did Gregush play in this thing? I don't remember seeing him for the little subbed, bit that I was in there. He subbed in for uh, okay. like the last 15, 20 minutes, maybe. Got it. Um, got a foul. <laughs> uh, there were lots right. of yellow cards in this game. I think there were two in like the first 15 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was weird. <laughs> it was just a weird matchup all around. Yeah. So the way it was left and, and you know, I, I went to bed shortly thereafter, so I didn't get to see the end of the LA Salt Lake, which we'll talk about in a second. But at, at that point with a two nil loss from Minnesota United, they were knocked out of the playoff spot. So I went to bed just assuming that they were out with one match to go, everything relying on decision day and all the stuff we've already talked about how, how they've just been such a roller coaster of starting so high and, remaining in the top three for a certain amount of time and then just just epic drop. Um, having said that, LA Galaxy did them a solid. Uh, Salt Lake was winning the match until the 68th minute. Uh, LA Galaxy scores when they tie 1-1, which then enables Minnesota to jump Salt Lake and get back into that last seventh playoff spot, just one point above Salt Lake, aforementioned. Um, so, I mean, yes, they're back in it, but they're still teetering and now it's very much, you know, here we go. Decision day. What's going to happen. I mean, it's kind of good that seventh place and third place is separated by just five points. I mean, LA and Nashville, both at 47, Portland, 46, Minnesota, 45, Salt Lake, 44. Um, so three points mean everything to each of these squads. Um, which means it could be easy to get in, but at the same time, you're depending on all these other teams to, to drop points. That's Uh, right. So Minnesota needs, I think it was either a win and ties across the board for the other games or Mm. a draw and, um, losses for like every other team. Worth mentioning, I'll posit this too. They play Vancouver in Minnesota next week here in St. Paul. Vancouver beat Austin yesterday 2 0. Yeah. Yeah. Just gonna put that one out there. So they're coming with some momentum. <laughs> and they and they had some momentum going into that game too. I think mm-hmm. I think that was gonna be the the tough spot for them and they it didn't matter. Um going back to going back to that first goal, it did get credited to Salinas because it was on target. Okay. Um, but again, yeah, it Dane would have had the save if not for that deflection from Ray. Um, But anyway. Hey, bud, we can hear you. Yeah, no, I I thought that, you know, this this game only proves what we've been saying for a while, that even though Reynoso is the kind of like the star, like without Lud, there really isn't much of an option in that middle. Um, What was his situation? Was he injured? Yeah. He's still he's still dealing with that calf injury. They kept him back uh, from international to, to recover. Yeah. And I think yeah. our, we're saving him up for Vancouver. Hmm. The question then becomes is like, you know, 
why don't I mean I like I like Jogo and I think he does well. At least you know when he came in in the 60th minute or so, he was he was trying to distribute the ball, and he needs some. But he he's got individual one v one skill. I, I don't understand why yeah. he doesn't get more playing time, specifically when we're so shorthanded in the in the midfield aspect of it, and really have no creativity besides uh, Reynoso, right? I think I don't know. I just think that I came home and turned down the game. It was two nothing, and I laughed. And I said, "Huh," because <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, well, you expect it in a sense. Like you don't." Yep. And they were they were playing without any, I don't know, urgency, right? I have no idea why not. Yeah, it, yeah. They, you would expect them to really turn it on after that first goal, and I think a couple of the guys did kind of change their attitude a little bit. But um, after that, there was there was nothing. Um, and yeah, I mean, Reynoso was the one. They didn't start putting shots on until the second half when he decided to stop passing and instead shooting from from 18, 20, 25 yards out. He yeah. would just take the shot instead of making the pass. Um, because every time he passed, they'd someone would just pass it into a San Jose player instead of taking a shot. Uh, Fraga dri- dribbled right into a defender a few times. Um, even Amaria, you know, trying to do all the all the little uh, quick turns and back heel flicks and all this crap right in the, in the box uh, easily picked off. And I, I mean, that's, that's been their MO and every team knows that now. So it's fortunately, yeah. Yeah. And maybe we'll see more Jogo in in the next game. Ariaga got a yellow card and will be suspended for Vancouver. So, um, so I'm I'm looking maybe, at some of these. Maybe with Lude coming back, we'll maybe we'll see Lude and some Joko later. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of help shore that up a little bit. I was just gonna say I'm I'm playing the uh, casino here, looking at all the probabilities on some of these other teams. Like I'm just basically skipping the first three; they're solid. Yeah. Uh, Galaxy's got Houston. That's probably a W. Even even with a tie, that'll be fine. Nashville actually plays Houston today. And then they've got LAFC for decision day, which may also be kind of a meaningless game. LAFC might even put out like a B squad. We'll see. Well, I mean, um, they've, they've been struggling too. They, they also right. can't finish. And same with Galaxy. That's true. I mean, it, it, they probably needed to stay in for the, the shield or whatever. Um, let's see. Portland. Portland played today against LAFC. And then they have Salt Lake. So that'll be a really big one with with implications all over the place portland salt lake next week um and then vancouver obviously have minnesota so i mean man in theory if minnesota blow it and and, and salt lake lose and vancouver could actually jump in and knock minnesota out and take that seventh spot <laughs> insane. all right so and who so expected that game. six months ago no kidding it's <laughs> no kidding who would you want to bump up Minnesota is my question. Man, I don't even know if I have a preference. All right, at, the, at this point, I think like, Vancouver would be funny. It would be funny. Just <laughs> for the- from, from a trajectory standpoint, yeah. they're like two very opposite. Um, they basically just switched places midway through the season. 
for, for, for pure irony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the Salt Lake, Portland, like that one, that one's really hard to predict. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. It's really, it's really hard to say what's going to happen with, with teams like that. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota really has to get the three points. If not, it's just, yeah, it's the one point differential just between everything else. So I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's got to be three points. You can't lean yeah. on four other teams to do what you and want them to do. It's yep. so damn frustrating because like this could have been avoided and should have been avoided. Oh, yeah. and that, that was oh, the yeah. expectation. We you know and, we'll talk about the same. And thing. the Heath quote is, "I just don't know. I just don't know why this keeps happening." Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's the players. <laughs> maybe it is the players, but you've got different eleven players every single time, and somehow it's the same thing every Play the single hits, time. Play the hits. Play for yeah. Me. I mean, I, I don't I don't comprehend. Um, and I know like a lot of people are using the the injury bug, um, which it, it, so, so for some of it it's valid, but not all of it. I mean, um, you know, it's just yeah, one of those things. Yeah, a couple injuries that you need to be able... implode your entire right. squad. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and, and if and if you have something that's you know you don't have the personnel to run what you want to run, and you just then you switch. And you switch your, your plan of attack and you try it out and then you have to have some sort of a backup plan. If a backup plan play play the same thing but not understanding it's just just you know. I mean yesterday was like, literally twenty seventeen yeah. with Reynoso played pretty much. Yeah. And especially I mean, if you're talking about guys who just aren't motivated, why are they still out there on the field? He made yeah. one sub. A single mm-hmm. sub, and that was Jogo for Fragapane. Um, That's spot on. And, I mean, thinking back to that first game, 2017, back in Portland, where he said, these guys got themselves into this mess, they can get themselves out of it, and didn't make subs. I don't know if he's still playing by that same logic, or if he just isn't interested in making changes. That wasn't even, such that, an, he's such an asshole. That, that, subs, that substitution with Jogo coming in did change <sighs> their look a little bit because obviously he's more of a, a holding mid versus, you know, Fraga's up there playing left wing slash yeah. striker. But, but like, it still didn't change how they played whatsoever. I, just, I remember having this conversation. I mean, I must have been like over a month ago now, last home match I was at. And, uh, there was like two or three of us around and I don't know how we got on it, but basically we came to this agreement that we'd rather have a coach that kept losing and just like getting beat all the time. But there was like a kind, humble, decent human being. We'd take that over an Adrian Heath winning. Who throws, who throws <laughs> his players Disney under world? the bus? Yes, what Disney exactly. world movie are you trying to create there? I don't know. <laughs> that's you know that's I don't know. That's a yeah. The that's a thing, Disney the movie with the Minnesota. It is a, it is yeah. a Disney movie. Yeah, uh, we got to that is Ted Lasso. So I'm, hey, know. man, listen, bring it, Coach Beard, <laughs> any day over Adrian Heath. Yeah. Here's the um, thing, though. I, yeah. I think it's really interesting right now that um, we're in a situation where, like, we don't, you know, we have to win, but we also have to hope that if we don't win and then you know i mean like for me it's like if you can't if, if the faith your faith is in your hand and you can't dictate it and you can't take advantage of it then you weren't meant to make it 
simple as that. I mean, you have tough seasons, you have tough games, you can you can do that. But I feel like a lot of players, at least in this game, that part that I watched, they were just, I don't know, felt burnt out. That there's been a lot of emotional and just physical stuff that's been going on behind the scenes that we probably don't know that, you know, it's mm-hmm. just... It's just it's just been taking a big toll on it, and then um, including with the injuries and all that stuff, it's just it's a big load to try to carry and figure something and, out. And I think, go ahead. And when these, I mean, they've they've had the break, and Trap said that um, before the match that they all kind of needed the the emotional and physical psychological break of you know for internationals. But then, I mean, when when your key starters didn't get that break and they were traveling for international duty, it kind of cancels out. I mean, Boxy, uh, I think Cal gave a number, like Boxy has traveled 11,000 miles uh, in the last week and a half. And then he had to go out there and play 90 next to Brent Coleman. And obviously Mm -hmm. Boxy's getting beat. He hasn't had a rest all season um, except for uh, that minor injury and he got subbed out or something. so, I mean, of, of course, these guys aren't, aren't really on top of it when you're running them into the ground. Obviously, yes, they're athletes. That's their job. They're getting paid to do it. But at the same time, uh, I just, yeah, I don't even know how to. I, I, think the, like, I think the agreement is like, you know, you are athletes. This is your job. You're supposed to perform. But at the same time, you can't. If, if you don't support the player or provide support or feedback, or in this case, rest, like we do in regular jobs, and you're not going to be able to succeed so much. And that's yeah. the thing. I mean, like, you know, like we have some younger center backs that we could try. Don't know why we don't do that. And I think it just goes back to the mentality of what you said, Keith mentioned back in the early season, right? Early 2017 was like, well, they got themselves into this mess. And then he, and he need to figure out. And I think that really is the way that he thinks about it. Like he gets frustrated with what's going on on the field. And he's like, well, as punishment, you guys have to figure this out. And then if it happens. And he like, just, he just sits down and watches it happen. And then complains yeah. about it later. Yeah. You know, I was just reading about, I got to look in my psych book here. There is a psychological assessment for that kind of behavior. I'll, I'll, I'll pick, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick it up later. And I can, I can give you the technical term for, the POS that Adrian Heath is. Um, let's see here. Let's let's do a quick. Um, okay, I we have a split. Seattle's not going to make the playoffs. Yep, we have a split <laughs> this this week in racism. Let's do the domestic one here first, and then I want to give Rodrigo a couple minutes since he didn't get to do his intro because maybe you want to talk a little bit about uh, Como Homecoming and all that fun stuff. But Bridget, I'll throw to you first here. Let's do this. Um, Columbus Crew. Chucho Hernandez, we got we get a statement from the club about uh, was was this him dropping? What, what did I, I, you have to refresh my memory on, on? Go ahead. This one was a homophobia. Um, Thank you. Yeah, the p word. Yes. Uh, okay. So last week, uh, Columbus playing against Portland. I don't know which player he used it against. Um, much of this didn't even come out until the statement came out. It was so there was a bit less um, discussion about it leading up to this. Um, so the interest, <laughs> the statement from the club is interesting. I'll just read them off here. Uh, 
Club says we understand the leak's ruling and fully cooperate fully cooperated to address the important matter as soon as it was brought to our attention. And that ruling is a one match suspension for Cujo. Um, we are disappointed that our player went, used disrespectful and offensive language directed at an opponent. And we will take this as an opportunity to better educate our players and learn from this. He ex expressed immediate remorse for his unacceptable language choice and volunteered to apologize to the Timbers organization and participate in sensitivity training. Uh, this is a vital stretch of the season and we are confident in our group and we'll turn our focus to continuing to prepare for the next three matches. Um, and one of the stories about this, it was either, I believe it was ESPN Outsports also had a story on it. Um, it was also mentioned that the club will have him go through the sensitivity training that is required of all players coming into the league, meaning he did not receive this training that is yeah, for all players yeah, coming into right, the league. Right, right, right. Um, and it's, I mean, it's basic stuff. I mean, I know like we've all gone through sensitivity training as part of our jobs. Like that's, it's a, a thing that always happens. Um, it might not always work, um, but. <laughs> that really begs the question, how many, how many players are so, falling through the cracks, right? Right. And what, uh, how are they actually, is the league monitoring that this mm -hmm. training is happening? Are they having to, you know, sign something or check a box so that the league knows that this mandatory training was, you know, completed. Dog ate um, my homework. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets a whole, you know, one match suspension, but it's, it's like receiving a red card. Um, he says, I understand my language was unacceptable and I plan to reach out to the organization and to the player. I also apologize to my teammates and our fans as this is a critical time of the season. Um, I apologize because it's late in the season and I'm needed is kind of how that reads to me. But yeah, um, yeah so <laughs> it's, it's just one more example. Uh, they're kind of taking... Uh, taking a stance on it and doing something about it, but it just raises many more questions that than it answers. True, true, true. Rodrigo, want to bring us home with a little positivity here, at least on this section. Uh, tell us what you were up to yesterday. So um, I don't know if it's positive because uh -oh. I'll tell you why. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> ah, I blew it. <laughs> But it was homegoming yesterday, and um, being my first year as an assistant coach, I, um, you know, I got there, and it was also parents' night. So it's kind of weird because I'm a coach and a parent, and so <laughs> like, you know, we didn't do. It was just, you know, it was a it was a non-conference game. You know, we we um, we played St. Croix Prep, and they beat us for nothing. But there was a lot of questionable calls that. Um, the referee wasn't calling. He wasn't protecting players. And so um, I'm trying to walk a tight line here because <laughs> I, I can't really, like, let's just say that I respectfully at halftime asked to speak to the center referee because I've been speaking to the AR and the AR was agreeing with a lot of the stuff that I was saying. There was an incident in which one of our players pulled a jersey and a and a foul got called, which is fine. But then in retaliation, the player did the, you know, the um, the other player did the, the, um, 
you know, the famous one inch punch to the side. Really? Um, the center referee didn't see it. The AR side, we were trying to argue, trying to make that happen. Literally made them talk to each other and shake hands, which I've never seen in my life. Hmm. <laughs> and so I was already in a position where I needed to have a conversation with people. And I respectfully asked them, and literally I got threatened to get kicked out of the game. What? How that went. Yep. Just by like bringing it up. Yep. Literally wow. was told I, I was not, you know, I, I'm not going to talk to you about that. You know, that's not, that's not something I want to talk to you about, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was just asking simple questions because the center referee wasn't talking to, to, to his AR. And I, like, I totally understand it's, it's his judgment call, but if you're getting a couple of calls going or seeing different by your AR, you should be questioning. So yeah, that was fun. Um, Wow. Um, I'm sorry, man. So That's, I, and then we got, and then I, and then not technically, but um, we were issued, well, I guess the head coach got issued a yellow. And so like it was, it was, and it wasn't because of the sense or anything like that. It was just another technicality, but overall it was one of these games where like, you don't want to like, you know, if you don't protect the players or you're not trying to protect the players, then they're just going to go at each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to be helpful for anyone. And I had a long conversation, and it has to do with a lot of, because it's not the first time I see this referee. First time I saw him, I kind of let, you know, make them be the, let them let them do their judgment and just, you know, see if I was part of the game. But the second time, I just couldn't do it anymore. And so we had to have a conversation. So, yeah, high school sports can be really good, and it can be really awful in some sort of sense. But overall, I'm like, sorry. I mean, homecoming was great. My mom came which I've never, like, my mom's never come to, like, any, any soccer thing that related with my kids. Um, so she came with Santi, and then my brother and my sister-in-law were there, um, and they watched. It was just, you know, that was a fun atmosphere. I had fun with the kids. You know, we did the whole parent night thing. I had asked you to buy me a beer um, as a gift for parents' night, but, you know, she still got me. She got us... Um, you know, Starbucks cups. And I'm like, I just really wanted a beer. Like, you know, <laughs> your coach is over 21. Just buy me a gift card for a beer. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I can't do that. I was like, I'm not old enough. I was like, you coach him. Just, just buy me a beer. That's all I asked you. Just buy me a beer. That's it. That's all I wanted. And so, um, but then I'm learning a lot about um, high school and rules and all the other stuff. And, it's really weird because I really enjoy it, and that's my problem right now. But I, I enjoy it more than than I than than the time I'm allowed to be there, or my time my job allows me to be there. And um, but no, we got Mayor's Cup coming up. We got some decent announcements coming out for that. Some special people might be stopping by. But cool. yeah, that's the do big we, thing. Do we know the location? Is it going to be at Allianz? No, no, okay. no. That's why they have the Saint Paul Cup. Oh, this is right. another interesting Cup. conversation to, to have about, like, because, and, and this is my own personal opinion, so I would love the fact that they, because um, it was talked a lot about, is that, you know, the Mayor's Cup is very, very specific, right? It's between two schools, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's always been a conversation of having, like, a St. Paul Cup or, like, a St. Paul. And so I was glad that they were able to create that, Um and that that will be rotated out. And I think the only two teams left are, I think, no, three teams left is like 
Central and Highland, which be a great game. Um, those two programs are always great on doing that. Um, um, but overall, it's just, um, I don't know. I wish there, there, there was more conversations about doing other stuff in addition to that. And that's kind of like the community work that you want to see, right? Like we've been, I've been hard on, on the loons being able not to be outreach as well as they have. And this year they actually done some cool things. And it might be because they hosted the MLS all-star. And so they had more support and vision. There's more fields being built and at least, you know, the sample cup is the right step in the direction, but I'm not going to lie. I want to see mayor's cup at Allianz every year. That's just me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be at Humboldt. It's on 10, eight, it's at 7 PM. The girls get, the get the prime time slot. Um, they usually have nice. gotten the first time. So this is the prime time slot. So we really want to be able to see how many people we can get out there. Um, you know, last time these two teams played zero zero and that was before we decided to make some changes, uh, tactically and ever since we've made those changes tactically we've been a little bit more successful moving the ball around so i think i think for our seniors we really want to make it really good um so so yeah so i mean that's my report um, cool, man. hopefully equal time will show up hopefully the mayor will show up but you know still waiting on confirmation for stuff so so yeah so All right. but i'm 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 enjoying being a high school soccer coach so which is That's weird because I didn't think good. I would I would do that. So yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, let's take yeah. a break there, and we'll we'll come back with some uh, internationals. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be to me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota football show. We'll be tackling um, international news and hopefully, you know, other good things that we've been meaning to talk about. You know, it's going like, to it's going to start rough and it's going to end good. How about that? As it tends to do. That's, that's kind of the, the general flow of the, the section, I think. <laughs> Um, I, I actually woke up with this uh, on on public radio, and Bridget, you'd mentioned it was it was breaking even last night. Uh, this is in Indonesia, uh, just just a terrible, tragic situation uh, with a match, uh, packed house. I think I heard thirty five, forty thousand, something like that in the stadium. Sounds about right. Yeah. Two two local teams playing a big rivalry. Uh, it's it sounded like already massive tensions between kind of the supporters and hooligans and, you know, all, all that already existed, you know, before it even kicked off. Um, and then the violence popped off between some of the, the supporters. And I, I, from what I understand, some happened in, some, some happened outside of the stadium. And there were, there were some deaths. It was, I, don't, I can't even give a specific number at this point because it's all thrown they're together. At, Go ahead. I think they're, total they're up to like 127 or something well, like what that, i was but... going to say though is like the starting when it was just like hooligans brawling i think it was oh, like gotcha 20 or 30 or something like that which yeah. is still terrible i mean that that's right. way too yeah. many people to be murdered straight up but then the police get involved and like we were talking about bridget when cops get involved it's you know you're throwing gasoline on on the fire and that's where it really really escalates um tear gas is shot 
which creates massive panic and therefore the consequence of that is stampedes of, of people trying to get out just absolute chaos um we'll get more information as as as, as it starts to be relayed but essentially through those stampedes and just all the chaos we're up to like you said bridget 125 dead which is horrible absolutely yeah. horrific and, and tragic and many more many more injured as well right um yeah i when those stories make the national news here in the u.s you know it's a it's a crazy situation but yep. but yeah it started with you know some fans uh rushing the pitch and kind of getting into it with each other and then police get involved with their riot shields and their tear gas and people start running and we've talked before about those uh crowd crush and and stampeding incidents in football yep. stadiums and um, yeah. and especially some of the video it shows that this is one of those stadiums where there's fences uh separating supporters groups and and um separating them from the pitch as well and so you see people trying to climb fences to get away from the police and, and to get out of danger um hundreds injured hospitalized uh, the count at some point last night was up to like 180. And then yeah. they realized that people inside were counted twice with the people who were their fights continued outside the stadium. And, and then, um, yeah, it, it piles up quickly. Um, crazy situation there. Yeah. I mean, I thought when the doors were, locked, that's a good uh, question. they haven't said anything about Not that sure. yet. Mm -hmm. Because it and reminds know, me a lot, like I don't know like how that place is set up aside from those yeah. aside from those fences. I haven't seen like a daylight mm. photo of that stadium. Right, like because it reminds you of the situation that happened in Peru a long time ago, and then as well as in, in Brazil, but also you know, uh, was it in '93 the the Hillsboro disaster, right, which was Liverpool mm -hmm. versus uh, Nottingham Forest in a FA Cup game, where yeah. like they were trying to disperse the crowd and just. You know, and these, like, we're all for security, but I am for police at stadiums because then just, they just escalate things. Yep. Well, even just That's recently in Paris, we, we were talking about that match in Paris where they locked it down and the, right. the cops started yeah. attacking and, and nobody could get out. Exactly. Like, you have people, uh, people have panic, people panic, and then the police think that they're being attacked. And yep. no, the people are literally right. just trying to get to the door, which is on yep. the other right. side of you. Exactly. <laughs> In the last year in Mexico, right? Remember when yeah. when we had the? I mean, it was just one of those situations where, like, there has to be a better way to address situations like this. Like, yeah. And and I think, you know, overall worldwide, there needs to be a standard on how we want to deal with this. And unfortunately, you know, the only person, the only association that has some sort of leverage on that is and keeping keeping people accountable or clubs accountable or teams accountable is fifa and we know how fifa is going to react about this it's not going to do a damn yeah, thing yeah i mean it, right it seems like this is going to be one that's you know would maybe be an impetus to to change those things but yeah in, in these articles they about this one they cite this is the deadliest one since uh, i think it was a world cup game in brazil or or brazil yeah. was involved in like 96 uh deadliest one since that and then they just list off all of these yeah um, 
just one after many. another yeah, and every after every single one of those they said that things would change and obviously i mean hillsborough nothing has really changed since then there's yeah. you know sometimes right. another gate is open sometimes there's less fencing or there is more fencing or etc um yeah it's an awful situation yeah i wanted to send you know <laughs> yeah. say thoughts to the people that lost people because that's that's just terrible, you know. That's horrible. You know, yeah. Watch watch a match and then don't return. That's that sucks for those families. So our thoughts there. Uh, to your point, Rodrigo, about FIFA. So what's interesting there? Obviously, it's a World Cup year. We already know all of the terrible background story of what's happened in Qatar and even before that in Russia and all these other uh, authoritarian regimes. It's it's, it's nothing new. Um, so I'm, I'm curious if that's gonna how that's going to play out uh, wrapped in there. But then the other thing too is uh, I, I learned this reading this art, reading this ESPN article, Indonesia is set to host the 2023 U20 world cup as in like yeah. next summer. And this happens. So there, there's also that whole narrative at play, you know, is, is there going to be well, a consequence? Is something going to happen there with FIFA? We, we know what's going to happen. FIFA will put up a statement and there'll be some sort of, um, photo op for a handshake agreement on trying to be better and um, things will be better for like right around the tournament but after they leave it's going to be the same I mean we've seen sort of the same thing that is, is required right I mean like FIFA requires certain amount of loot and money to be able to host something like a world cup right we know how that goes it, Brazil knows best of anyone what, what that happens and, and, loot and, money and security it's that security yeah. apparatus too so i mean right. if, so if like, this thing is going to go down after this tragedy like that entire country is going to be like so locked down it's going to be terrible scary well i mean the thing the thing with this and this is maybe a tangent we can eventually get onto maybe we'll bring the days yeah. into this whole thing but it's just like it's like every country except for you know what's considered uh first power countries um Every other country has to take like an IBMF loan, right? A World Bank loan to be able to pay for all this stuff. And then, you know, they don't, they never, they're never going to pay it back. And so it's just like, you know, you, you, you want the prestige of something, but you're not willing to use the current resources that they have. And that's just, that's, you know, that's the horrible thing. Like we saw South Africa, what they had to do. We, we can talk even about what's going on in Qatar, right? I mean, like, Right now, it looks like people are going to be living in tents with the with the air conditioning, and like there's one designated place where you can buy liquor. And I'm just, I just can't wait. No, I I know I don't want to hear, but I'm sure there will be. There will be lots of different atrocities and things happening because uh, alcohol gets involved, and they only can do it in one place. And I'm not trying to get back to one place. It's it's not going to be pretty, and I don't know how that's this is going to work out. Like you can't even. You can't even watch currently, you can't even watch, you know, a game in your tent or whatever else you're going to be staying at. I mean, that's, that's literally the, uh, worse than, go ahead. The, 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 I was going to say the joke running through Brazil is they're making favelas for white people. <laughs> <laughs> I, like right. I like that uh, one better. Yeah. So I just, I just pulled up the stadium in Indonesia uh, and I'm not going to pronounce this correctly. Stadion Kajuran. Um, Built in the nineteen, built in nineteen ninety seven, so it should have you know the the safety features. Um, Forty thousand seats. Well, it 
it holds 40,000 people. All of those seats are standing except for 319 like mm. covered box seats. Um, and they're, the stadium website is currently down. Oh. <laughs> um, so I can't get more information on, on that. But um, yeah, you would think at this point that we're, you know, building stadiums that uh, these things wouldn't happen or it would at least kind of lessen the impact. Um, and looking at, you know, looking forward to Qatar, it's, I mean, they, they have the inter international um, guidelines that they have to follow, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, going to work out in practice. Right. And, that, and that the design, I mean, you can design something to somebody else's standards, but uh, then you can lock a gate and, you know, the standards are gone. So, um, yep. yeah, it's really hard to hard to predict how uh, authorities are going to handle any of it without uh, making yeah. things worse. It, it's, <laughs> a, it's a it's a tough conversation. I think as we get closer to the World Cup, like it'd be great to just have like a big battle, just have you know, just have a conversation about how we feel about certain things and what we expect to. Like for example, who am I going to cheer if I was not in a World Cup this year? Um, so uh, I'm looking. I, I'm gonna put that out on the Twitter. And see who who can bribe me with money because you know. <laughs> oh you're going you're going FIFA's rude huh wait what 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 did Nubia say I heard I heard something back doesn't there. matter what Nubia says I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> wow gonna... you're gonna pay for that later <laughs> text text me Nubia let me know <laughs> <laughs> wow all right well let's let's uh, jump to the uh, Nations League which we're not gonna spend a lot of time here because I don't think any of us fully understand this whole thing except to say that. England and Germany tied 3-3. Italy beats Hungary 2-0. Hungary ended up win winning this group thing, but I guess the narrative here is England gets relegated from Group A. I put in here whatever that means because I do you guys know? I don't know. Um, Israel it means and that apparently England plays in the championship. That's what that means, right? Well, I mean, in, yeah, in theory, Bosnia is moving yeah. up too. But but so, okay, so I put this part in here just to clarify because I knew this would happen. Uh, they say, uh, quote, relegation is said to have implications for England's uh, seeding on qualifying for Euro 2024, the draw on October 9th. They say 53 participating teams uh, will be seeded according to overall 2022-23 Nations League ranking. So this is where it hits, right? The access list ahead of the Nations League had England ranked in ninth, but they're uh, illustrative rankings based on England's current bottom spot since they've dropped in 8-3, we'd see them slip to 15th. So really, they lose this group, but they're still going to go to Euro. Like it doesn't, it just it just changes where they might land and getting picked is what it sounds like to me. Which is like sounds the like weakest, literally... the weakest of weak sauce comp, uh, consequences. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, I no, I'm going to get picked 15th instead of 9th, but I'm still going to do the thing that I want to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like fantasy football league, right? It's like, oh, yeah. you have the 15th pick of the season, 15th pick of the league. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because my impression was the whole that point of, of a difference. That's right. That was my whole impression of, the, of, this, of this Nations League was just like they're going to give access to some of these other teams, like, say, Bosnia that's moving up uh, to get into the Euro or have a clearer path than say some, somebody like England that would now drop out, but yeah, UEFA's yeah, not gonna like not let not let England participate in the Euro, right? They're they're not gonna do that. 
That's a, that's a funny thing. It's like because when we talk about term relegation or relegated, it usually means you go, you know, that's a bad thing. But mm-hmm. now it just seems like oh, we just it, it doesn't really apply in this situation, right? Like because because if you go in fifteenth, I'm assuming you're gonna get in a different bracket, right? And um, if you're in a different bracket, your competition will be different. But you're actually a ninth, ninth. Let's say currently, right? We're we're ninth, ninth best team in the world, and you play in a bracket where everyone's between the middle teams. What is that really going to do for you? Besides just you know perhaps guarantee your you you move on to the next round. You know it doesn't yeah. really. It's not really fair. Not it's that. it's it's dumb. It's really dumb. Uh, all right. Also dumb is racism. As, as we like to talk about the other this week in racism on the program, uh, Brazil played Tunisia had a friendly in Paris. They beat them five to one. I will say to Tunisia's credit, they, they had Brazil playing a little conservatively for like the first now yeah, half an hour up until like halftime. It kind of started to, to the momentum flipped. They played them well though. Tunisia is a team also not to be overlooked. I can't remember who all is in their group, but they can play, Really good stars in the French league. I think there's some in the EPL as well. Like there's there's good players there. In any case, five one is the final to Brazil, uh, mostly in the second half. But the, here the narrative is Kishalison uh, has a great great match. He has a brace, and on the first of his two goals, they go to the flag to celebrate, and there's like five or six of them that you know they're hugging and doing their thing, and of course a banana comes flying at them from the crowd. It's just I, we're still doing this. Honestly, this is this is still happening. Um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating and infuriating. And if, it just drives me nuts thinking about the people who actually like walk through security carrying bananas to throw yep. under the pitch. Obviously, you're you're thinking this out well in advance. It's not like uh, someone throwing a beer cup or something. Um, you are bringing this stuff into the stadium for this express purpose. Yep. And then they act like they didn't mean anything by it. You're not buying yeah. a, a banana at stadium concessions. I don't care what country you're in. Um, yeah, I, I don't get it. I know. It's frustrating. It sucks. Um, and so to flip that, let's get let's do some positive things here because I got I got a good handful of them. Uh, also related to friendlies, uh, Iran had an amazing action um in solidarity with uh the murder of i can't remember her name right now but everything that's happening around the uh hijab burnings in in iran over the the young woman's murder there um please let us know the name i don't know if you guys are up on on her i don't have it in front of me but yeah I'll, i'll let you look but but basically what they do just just to you know, show their solidarity with the protests that have been happening countrywide there uh, with, with other women burning hijabs. They, they basically blocked out the uh, Iran shield on their warmups. So you can, in the photo that I have here, you guys can find it online listeners, but they just took like white out and just whoosh, white out of the uh, Iranian shield, which is a pretty badass move. <laughs> so yeah. good on them. And a, pre- and a pretty cool. brave move for yes. um, a national team. Uh, her name was Masa Amini, uh, 22-year-old from Kurdistan. Yep, yep, exactly. So that was really cool to see. Good on them. And and, and you're right, Bridget. Like I, that, that's the second part of this whole equation is they could all face serious consequences oh, yeah. too by putting themselves out yep. like this. So we'll yep. see what happens there because again, 
it's right before the actual cup. So it's so interesting how these power plays can kind of like <laughs> play or, or what's going to happen. Like, we just don't know. Oof. But in any case, also, I want, really I want, I want to recognize the players there. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I think it's just also really interesting how like the world decides to start doing all these like bad things report right as the World Cup is, is looming just to get us all ready or desensitize us. To, to, <laughs> Great, to let's, let's celebrate everyone coming together amidst yeah. this shit show. That's, those are really, you know, I, I was going to bring that up anyway because they're, they're, that is an important point to say that a lot of this is way too little, way too late, right? Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the next one no, is, is the... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say because that's, that's just the way it, it has been. Like, you know, um, we're also usually used to watching the World Cup in the summer, and now we have to watch it mm-hmm. in a different time zone because of money, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, I'm all for watching more soccer all the time, right? I'm all for that because I love it and it's a passion. But at the same time, like, you know, it it's it, it comes to a point where you're like, you know, you know, it, it makes me mad because like, you guys remember when it was the Women's World Cup and Copa America was 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 playing and like they had both of them going on and Copa America would would change their time and I was like you're yep. making us choose. Yep. And that was one of the places where I was like, no, I'm gonna watch one cup instead of watch the Copa America because that's that's what I want to do. But you know, um there needs to be better planning. But as we know, that's never really going to happen or materialize in any kind of formal way because greed and money um make things yep. for silliness. Do you want me to speak okay. on something silly? Something silly? Yeah. Hold on one sec, because I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna right. piggyback yeah. I'm gonna piggyback on what you're doing there. Because the ahead. next one, the next one is the uh, the Hummel one for for Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too little, too late, but you know, nonetheless, kind of a, a cool uh, form of protest where they're just doing solid colors of red and black, um, where you can't see the the Danish shield or the Hummel logo, and, and, and they basically said, um, oh, I got to translate from Portuguese. I didn't plan this well. Let's see here. Um, basically, they don't want to be recognized as supporting this World Cup. So quite literally recognized as in they're blending their logo into the, the color so that you can't even see that Hummel appears. Um, this, this shirt uh, t- brings with itself a message. We don't want to be visible during the cup. That's co- that's costed millions of lives, people. So there, there's that quote. Um, Bridget, you want to add something? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, the final one I have, and then I'll throw it to Rodrigo. Is uh, this one's really cool? Santos put out a, a brand new kit inspired by uh, recent African refugees in Brazil, and they actually brought out like all the ball kids were all. Uh, recent refugees, I think within the last two years, and they're fire. That they're they're really cool. It's got intricate African style uh, patterns. You have to see it. I I can't verbally describe them, but I mean they're they're really neat. Uh, huge the continent on on the sleeve, and uh, yeah, they're just they're just awesome kits. And the fact that they're I, th- I think the purchases they, they have they have some deal worked out where the money goes to uh, refugee organizations as well and. It's just a cool thing. So I put it in there and, and, and then just eat with all the um, positive social aspects of it. The kids just look dope as hell also. So pretty cool stuff. Rodrigo. 
silliness. So, well, not kind of silliness, but also at the same time, like one of my favorite teams to to follow is always in the in the USL Championship has always been the Oakland Roots, and the way that fandom and family is growing is just I don't know. It just brings you joy. And yesterday they were able to um, um, take a take a two one lead against VHM um, uh, Legion, and so now they're pushing for the playoffs. And like they had like literally like a, like a sold out stadium. Hmm. And like you know, we talk about the wonderful things Aurora has done and shown us community too. And you know, some of those. Some of those models were explored through Oakland Roots and other organizations, but I think it's just, it's just fun. Like I want to, and this is kind of like why I miss Aurora right now. It's because for me, um, the fall season is always, always busy, uh, right? September, August, like I'm either involved doing something or moving kids places. And like, I want to watch something fun and not frustrating, which is currently what we're getting a lot. But overall, you know, I wanted to give them a shout out because that's one of the places that it was so, But also, in addition, um, you know, there was um, there's something really funny that happened, and I don't know if anyone has been following. But you, we, we've talked about the Byron Castillo case. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Ecuadorian supposedly player that Chile made a complaint about officially, so Ecuador would get kicked out out of yeah, the World Cup. that's right, that's right, right. So, um, and then they asked Peru to get involved somehow. So then uh, FIFA eventually said, you know, um, Chile really did not prove that there was something wrong. They didn't, didn't meet the, the merits of, of, of proof, right? And so then um, Peru pretty much in Chile are appealing to the TAS regarding this case so they can get into the World Cup now. So they're moving it up like, Supreme Supreme Court level in a sense, right? Uh, oh, is that that's the TAS? Is the Supreme Court? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah in a sense, right? <laughs> that's where that's where uh, Pablo uh, went to when he when he apparently you know said he had wheat they had they had cocaine in his system, but he was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The that's where he had to go to get that ruling out. So that's where they're taking it. And I Amazing. just you know at first I laughed at Chile because it's what Chile does, and now I'm like, gee, I was like, can we just let it go? Amazing. Like, can we just Never. let it go? Never. So that's going to be an interesting and silly thing. I can't wait till it falls flat on everyone's faces and just like Ecuador ends up, you know, making into the quarters and then semis and, you know, just burying in everyone's face. But it's just one of those things you're like. I was thinking about that. Like there, there is a distinct possibility that all Comebol teams go through, which would be just awesome. It'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah it is um, too. But it's also like, I think it's really for me, like, um, I don't comprehend so much the way, and this is my tangent, uh, the way the U.S. men national team fandom works, right? Like, I don't comprehend that. Like, for me, as a as a person who was born in Peru and has introduced to that, it's like, I didn't get to see my team go to a World Cup for 36 years. Yeah. Like, you know, like, when we're in the World Cup, it's like, we're in the World Cup. It's like, whatever happens, happens. You know, I just got to enjoy this ride. You never know when we'll be back, whatever, right? But, you know, the the U.S. fandom goes, like, through faces. Like, I swear, it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, we didn't make the World Cup. Cry emoji, right? B, all we want to do is, is, is make a World Cup, right? And then, 
And then, oh, yeah, we made the World Cup. We can do everything we want, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, the last one, I was like, oh, we lost two friendlies. We didn't play really well two friendlies. We're going to, we need, we need to reboot the system. I was like, like, how can you go with that within like six months of everything else? <laughs> it just makes no sense. And I feel, I feel bad for Burhalter because like his one job was to make the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Right, with what he had, and now people are expecting him to to make it past the semis or 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 make it, you know, out of the out of the group. And I'm like, you make it out of the group, great. But after that, you know, nothing's guaranteed. And so I just think just how funny that is, um, and how different it is from from country to country, um, you know. And I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Iran is is really happy, and they're gonna enjoy the crap out of it. Because the last time they were here was. 94, right? The 94 World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, it's just, you know, I just don't comprehend that, that reasoning. And it's just really, what's the right word? It just turns turns my interest off in that aspect of it. So, yeah. Well, you know, Americans are supposed to be first and best at everything. That's that's where I was gonna go. There's a, there's a <laughs> well, they're uh, what, first in shooting, so that's good, right? What what's yeah. the word? Um, uh, this not deserving, but uh, well, I mean that one works too. But there's like a um, ungrateful, entitled. Thank you, yeah. nailed it, Bridget. That's the exact thing entitled. I was thinking. Of. Look, we have the money to spend on all of these frivolous things like soccer, and we're gonna take over the world. Yep, yep. Uh, Bridget, I'll actually throw to you to, to close us out here with just some good news with Holland doing Holland things. Man City six over over Man United three, uh, double hat trick. But take it from there. Yeah, so Erling Holland in his eighth match, yeah, eight games, gets his third consecutive hat trick. First player in the Premier League to get three consecutive hat tricks um, in games, and the fastest to reach three hat tricks um, by like forty matches or something absurd like that. That's insane! <laughs> forty matches and. And like you were pulling up the stats earlier, he had the, he had three goals, but he also had two assists. So he was involved in yep. five of the six goals that Man City scored. Yep. Um, player uh, fans, quite a few United fans left the game before halftime. Like there, there's a video of them like streaming out of the stands. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, they didn't score until I mean. This is all over the place for Man City. Eighth minute, 34th minute, 37th, 44th, 64th, 73rd. Uh, Man U didn't score until the 56th minute and then the 84th and a late penalty. Yeah. Um, they just took they just took their foot off the gas, basically, Man City. Just like, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Erling said, okay, I'm good. I've got, I have the assist yeah. brace and a hat trick. Foden gets a hat trick as well. Yeah. Um, just a double hat trick in a game double hat trick yep but i can't like if you if you let what you just said simmer bridget the in eight games having three hat tricks and the next one being like like the next player to have done something like that being in the 40s after 40 matches that spread is it it's phenomenal Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah all all i want to say is all the holland haters that were on him earlier this season I'm pretty sure they're quiet right now. So. Incredible. It's, oh, it's yeah. really incredible. Yeah. The other one I want to point out, we deal. talked about this uh, before we started recording, uh, KDB doing KDB things with two assists. And for World Cup fears for me, um, mostly because Belgium knocked out Brazil last time, but I just know the talent that that guy 
has, the way he sees the game. Uh, just he's he's a chess master, like five moves ahead of everybody else in the midfield. And, you know, he broke down Brazil like it was nothing. I, I think he could probably do it again. He's just very scary. So, like, if we, we were looking at the brackets before, too, and it's set up that, that Belgium and Brazil could meet in a final, which would be out of this world. Um, but, man, just a scary, scary player. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really don't want Belgium to <laughs> make it the final. I don't want that to happen before the final. <laughs> right. Yeah, because then yeah, you're going mean, to live he... like a 7-2. Yeah. yeah. And he'll, you're he'll be do that no matter – this is this he'll, is wood. Do that no matter who you're, uh, no matter who you're, he's playing too. Like it, yeah, it does so not matter. Uh, it doesn't phase him. He's yeah. insane to watch. Yeah, um, I, I would love to see a, a Copa America final. Which I would too. Actually, that yes, and 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 it's also kind of built to to push something mm-hmm. like that as well. So yeah, yes. that would be a that'd be a great one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like to see that. That would be a, a fun one to watch just because of the stuff. Forgive me. Did we talk about the whole Hummel thing, or are we leaving that for the last? The the, the Denmark one. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? I mentioned that. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Yep. It's okay. I can't hear sometimes when I trying to do all this microphone technical stuff. Yeah, you. <laughs> you had a big failure. It's all right. This is weird. Um, so yeah. That's all I get. All I got, uh, friends. Unless you uh, want to add any little something little to before we get out of here. Um. Let's see. No, Mayor's Cup, 10, 8, 7 p.m. So hopefully we will cover that because I will be coaching. So I can't cover it. So if you happen to be in the area, um, stop by. Should be a, should be a really fun time. Um, uh, let's see. What else do we have coming up? I mean, I am. I think it's the first game, Loons game I want to be able to co- go to on the 9th. But I'm totally bringing a uh, – I'm making a Jogo sign. That's what I'm doing. It's like, you know, yes. I'm be like, play, play. I have to come up with something funky. So please, listeners, tweet, tweet me ideas of what I should make my job sign look like. And, and we'll see what, what that leads to. Because um, I just, you know, it's the last game. We got to do something silly and fun. Um, regardless of where we're at. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Silly, silly and fun in the stands, do stressful for everything else. Do something else. for yourself because yeah, they yeah, exactly. won't necessarily right. do it for you. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Correct. So um, yeah. We'll leave it on that. And man, it's going to be a, whew, it's going to be a rough decision day. We'll see what happens, but thank you yeah. listeners for, for sticking with us. Bridget Rodrigo. Thank you as always as well. Uh, Minnesota football show, patreon.com rather backslash, MN football show. That is the Patreon there. If anybody wants to uh, help us out financially, we throw things up there as well. But uh, yeah, we'll poof, see what happens next week. I feel like I say that every time. There's always yep. this cliffhanger. <laughs> What's going to happen? Dun, dun, dun. Yep. <laughs> Same bad right. channel. Here, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. It's like Thelma and Louise, pedal the metal. The cliffs, yeah. cliffs right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody. See you guys. Bye. Ciao.